me fucking scoot back there so I guess I'm fucking so I don't punch the microphone. <clears throat> Hi everybody, welcome to Filmoscopy Podcast, the show where we discuss movies. See, should I talk at it from this angle? I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think. But you should do, like, we should, like, when you introduce yourself, be like, my name is, and, like, you're looking at the note, just make noise with the paper and be like, Owen is my name. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is, uh, Owen, and this is, uh, Filmoscopy Podcast, a show where we discuss movies. Uh, I think, think it would help if you didn't have three letters written on each page. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> You're like, O-W, next page, E-N. <laughs> now this, and and joining me today is... Cody. Uh, shit. Uh, Lance, sorry. <laughs> oh, whoops. And then also joining us today is... Cricket noise, cricket noise. Not Cody, because he decided to be a bitch and not show up for the recording. Well, he's in Nashville. He's got the money. You know, he's got the nice house. So he has to go spend the money. And that's why he's not here. So it's like, all right, Cody, good job. Uh, I probably should text him while we're talking about this. Hey, did you like the movie? Or did you hate the movie? And just tell the exact opposite. Yeah, all the podcasts. <laughs> I have a feeling like I don't know. Maybe Cody. Cody probably doesn't know. I don't know. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he doesn't. We'll never know. So that's the mystery of this podcast. We haven't even told you what the movie is. The movie's Pulp Fiction is the movie that we watched. <laughs> I sent my buddy Alex from a. Uh, I'll take three. I'm like, hey man, this. He likes this movie a lot. They actually just got done covering uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And he uh, was ranking his Tarantino movies. And Pulp Fiction, I think, was like his top four mm-hmm. of the nine. And uh, <laughs> he said, uh, I said, no, not he said, I asked him, I'm like, you know, I wasn't really feeling this movie until one scene flipped it for me. And now I really like this movie. Do you know what scene that is? Did And he goes... Was it the walking scene? Talking about the watch? <laughs> what? What's funny about that is, is that Lance said that to me before we recorded, and it's like the first thing I said was, he he told me he was like, "There's one scene that turned this movie around." I was like, "Oh yeah, the Christopher Walken scene." <laughs> That's why you people know me all too well. Like, talking about something like shoving up somebody's ass, and it's hilarious. It's just like I think that's. I mean, the whole movie's pretty comedic, mm-hmm. but I think that's the one scene where I think the movie completely shares its hand is like, okay, there's going to be moments that are like ironically funny intermixed with pretty serious stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was your selection, Pulp Fiction. Yes. And I guess uh, we go into quick details. This, this movie came out, what, 90, 
94, 93? Yeah, so this movie came out, um, it premiered at Cannes Film Festival um, in May tw- on May 21st, 1994. Uh, it came out, this movie was made after Tarantino was kind of already established. Uh, he made Reservoir Dogs, uh, which is... That was 92. Because I was up. Travolta's character is um, Michael Madison's... Uh, Mad- Madden, I don't know the Madsen. Madsen's. Uh, his brother. It, their characters are brothers. The Vega brothers. So, yeah. Wait, so the character in that movie is like he's the brother of John Travolta's character in this movie. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that that'll give me an excuse to watch Reservoir Dogs because I've actually never seen it. But I hear a lot of Tarantino's like. Uh, directorial qualities are kind of established in that movie where, you know, he does a lot of like the stuff he does in this movie where, you know, he uses dialogue uh, intermixed with uh, scenes where the, you know, there's like gratuitous violence, but they talk about like really generic, like everyday conversation kind of things, which is something that happens in this movie a lot. Um, can you hold my dick? Well, I thought I was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, this really st- okay, this brought something to my mind, and I have to talk about it real quick. In this movie, High School High, John Lovitz, it's made by the same people that made Airplane and the Naked Gun movies. And he saves this female teacher from getting sexually assaulted from one of the students. And he takes her home, and you know she's got like a washcloth, that's on her head because she's all beat up. And he's like, does it hurt right here? And he touches her shoulder. And she goes, mm-mm. And then he, like, you see his hand go down to, like, where her boob is. And touches it, does it hurt right here? She's like, mm-mm. His hand goes off screen. And he goes, how about right here? And she goes, I can't even feel your hand. He goes, it's because I'm touching myself. I'm a little ashamed just reminding you I thought it was going to be like, I thought that was like a serious movie. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Stupid. So, I guess, back to Pulp Fiction. Um, so, yeah, this movie came out on, on May 21st, 1994 at Cannes. It, it made a big splash there. Um, you know, it won the Palme d'Or. I kind of wanted to, I guess, going back to Reservoir Dogs, um, a big part of the reason why this movie was made and why it has its superstar cast, you know, Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, um, as Bruce Willis, um, you know, it it, it has, um, as we said earlier, Christopher Walken. For uh, just a scene. Yeah, for just one scene. Um, but a big reason why it has that superstar cast is because of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, that movie made a big splash at the other Cannes Film Festival that that premiered at. And it got a lot of actors' attention and stuff. And like I said, it kind of launched Tarantino's career, uh, you know, into like the sky. Um, this movie was filmed on a budget of $8 million. It's considered an indie film, uh, even though I guess it was distributed by good old Weinstein. Yeah, Harvey. Yeah, he's in the credits. I think he's in the opening credits, isn't yep, he? Him and his brother. <laughs> they were. I mean, I think all of um, Tarantino's movies were from Weinstein. Yeah, because he talked about it um, after Harvey got got gotted. I think he kind of said a couple of his own stories about it regarding his wife and 
and do my theremin and stuff and how he felt kind of betrayed at that. So that's a really weird thing when you're going back and watching a lot of these Tarantino movies. You'll, you'll see Weinstein in there. Yeah, and uh, the Kevin Smith movies too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did all the Miramax. They put out all the, like, you know, the um, the Clerks. Clerks 2, Bob, Jay and Silent Bob movies. It's all, yeah. it's all Jason F. Not Jason yeah. F. Uh, whatever his name is. Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it had an eight million box, eight million dollar budget at the box office. It brought in twenty one, two hundred thirteen point nine million dollars. So That's this a big is twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. I did see that, um, like Travolta had was coming off of like a roll low in his career at this point. As well as Which reading. he is at this point also. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Bruce Willis's movies had cooled off, especially after like you know the Die Hards, and he was at a low. Like the last few movies he had done were box office bombs, and then this movie ultimately catapulted him back up to where he could make, um, get into better positions for movies and make more money. Same thing with John Travolta. So it kind of saved their careers kind of launched uh, with Thurman's as well. Was, that, was she in Reservoir Dogs? I'd, I'm not sure. Uh, what about... I know Samuel L. Jackson, his breakthrough role was like in some Spike Lee movie. Uh, I feel like this is like Samuel L. Jackson's kind of swan song role. You know, this is kind of the one that made him... I think swan song is like when you're retiring. Okay, never mind then. Wrong term. What's the, the term? The birth of a duck. What's the term? Like, this is his magnum opus role, I think. No, that would be Jurassic Park. Yeah. Hang on to your butts. Oh, yeah. Now, that came out after this, though. They both came out in 94. I don't know when Jurassic Park came out. So, I hate to be like that person. Like, oh, but actually, sir. um, I love it when he goes, I hate this hacker crap. It's so jarring seeing him. Because those movies came out at the same time. Uh same year seeing him in this movie and seeing him in Jurassic Park and they're completely different movies and obviously he's wearing a wig here so it's kind of jarring when you see the big gaping goose egg in the back of his head mm-hmm. with a bald spot yeah and um yeah I think he had done some things before so this and then Jurassic Park obviously because you know they obviously were filmed at a similar time frame so it wasn't like this movie kind of noticed and all of a sudden you're coming out in two months in Jurassic Park baby you know so, but I think that yeah, this. I feel like he. I feel like he's a lot better in this movie than he is in Jurassic Park, you know. But oh, no, man. him and Newman have a good uh, chemistry. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about Newman, right? Yeah, from Seinfeld. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone edited Jurassic Park his scenes, but put the Seinfeld music behind it, and it's fucking great. Like he's Newman. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, we got a we got express mail from Cody. And he says that he did indeed like this movie. So there oh, you go. Yeah. Or are, you, or are we doing the opposite of what he said? Oh, shit. Cody cut that out. Cody hated this movie. <laughs> so he said this movie was dog shit. So please send all your hate mail to uh, Cody, man. <laughs> all right. So I don't. So I guess we'll go into our first experiences. Um, so I was talking with Lance earlier, and I kind of told him uh, how this movie was. We I, we talked about it on an earlier podcast uh, with the uh, can't it's it's his name's Buck. Cody yeah oh yeah yeah that guy I forgot about him uh, we we talked about it on Cinderella Man uh, where it's that kind of movie 
where you're young and it's one of those movies you find by yourself and you really like enjoy by yourself. Yeah, that was like one of my movies. I was like, yeah, this shit's great. And I was like 16 at the time, 17. Yeah, so I was I was pretty young when I saw this movie. I was probably like 13 or I was probably 13, I think, when I watched this movie and I absolutely loved it. Um and it was one of the first movies where I really kind of appreciated it. Um, you know, it really kind of made me like filmmaking and stuff like that and and kind of uh understanding not understanding but opening your mind to cinema yeah pretty much like opening my mind to how you know to just see how different movies can be made you know not everything has to be like you know before that i was just watching blockbuster movies and shit like that so you know i didn't have a whole lot of depth i mean that that might be expensive if you were just renting movies from blockbuster yeah i was buying them wait a minute you were born in 2000 right they had block we used to go there to i only went there to rent games though I don't gotcha. I'm thinking, like, when did they close Blockbuster down? Because that was like, if you're like 12 or 13, it's probably 2014. Uh, no, it was definitely closed by then. Yeah, I, I wasn't getting it from Blockbuster. I think I watched it. Uh, no, my my mom owned a copy of this movie, so my mom owned a copy, and that's how I watched it. Um, but yeah, this movie was really good for me. Um, I guess I'll hand it off to you, Lance. This was my virgin experience. I think my first um, Tarantino movie I watched, and I think they co-directed it. I know he was definitely acting in it, was uh, From Dust Till Dawn, a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. And Rodriguez, you know, they teamed yeah. up on a bunch of movies. Yeah, they, they are always hanging out together. Yeah, oh, and everybody, if you notice that there's a lot less ums, it's because me and Owen are recording in person, motherfucker! Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that was probably my first experience with Tarantino in general. I had seen snippets or heard of this movie, obviously, from people. And there's obviously a, a gif that's famous with John Travolta when he's looking around with his hands out. Mm-hmm. It's like when somebody was like, what? Like they're looking for something. It's like, yeah. That stupid it's a big shit. thing on Twitter. But, um, yeah, it was kind of weird. I saw the, the runtime of like two and a half hours. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, it's a long one. I. But I, but actually, it flew by once I got past my Christopher Walken thing. Mm-hmm. That just, just oh my god! Okay, let me just go ahead and talk about it now, people. This scene confounded me because I'm watching it, but I also put my phone down because I was doing some other things. I'm like, let me listen to this movie because it's getting kind of boring at this point. And then, <laughs> and then you know they show Christopher Walken, so I I'm immediately stopping. I'm watching this scene. Because I want to see if Walken's being weird. And I'm taken aback by the fact he's normal. Like, completely normal. <laughs> For as normal as he is. And then all of a sudden, it's like the real Christopher Walken came out in the middle of this scene. And he goes, and this is where Cody will edit in the audio. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and he goes, your father, he hid this watch well, they couldn't find it. Up his ass for five years. And <laughs> he just keeps looking up and there's a pause. Because I feel like Walken's trying not to laugh when he's doing it. Right up his ass. And then he gave it to me. I hit it up my ass for two years. And I thought he said at the end of it, young man, 
I didn't wash it. As he hands it, the little man grabbed it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I rewound it. And I'm like, okay. So he goes, now it's yours, little man. But it's funny. After he gets through the ass part, he goes back into being the character. Like, he went from character to walking for that little scene. And then back to the character he was playing. It was fucking perfect. Then after watching that scene, this movie flipped for me. Yeah, that's so. that's um, oh, oh yeah, baby. Yeah, that that scene's pretty good. Um, it's it's pretty funny. I think I was talking about it. I think I did. Say, I did just say it on the podcast, didn't I? That I seen it. Yeah, the weird. We talked about it. I, I just had to go into the, the details of the scene. Okay. Yeah. Um. um the thing I'm con. How many days does this movie take place? I thought. I feel like it, it's not. It's. I feel like it's just a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. Like maybe two or three at the most. I think two. Two. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm gonna say two because I meant to write out chronologically, but I forgot. But so the the movie's chronological order because it takes place out of order. Um, is. It begins in the morning, uh, like I think they say it's like seven a.m., six a.m. or something like that, with Jules and Vincent in the in the car doing the hit at Brett's house. Jules is Samuel Jackson, and Vincent is John Travolta. Quick question: I just just spitting like we're this is not we didn't I didn't do no deep research. Alan's done some research, but I don't know if he's got his answer. Maybe we should boost the microphone just a little bit. No, it's, 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 it's fine. Trust me. Are you sure? Yeah, because this is how I record it all the so time. So it's normally kind of like you don't get a whole lot of length. Yes, like, this is fine. This, this is the way this microphone is. Right, just make it sure. Um, because if I don't, if you listen to it on like the Google Drive, you listen to my recording, it's like, damn, that's loud, and it's just this. Okay. Um, do you think he? I maybe Reservoir Dogs Dogs is out of order too. I don't know. Do you think he did it because he wanted to end the movie on? Travolta and um, Samuel Jackson, because I feel like they're the strongest characters of the movie. Definitely, and like, like they have the most chemistry of all these scenes. And like, nothing wrong with Bruce Willis. I love Bruce Willis. Yeah, but he's definitely like, he's just like a stoic samurai. He's like Clint Eastwood in this movie. And I think, I think Bruce Willis goofier faces. Yeah, he's when he's got his like when he kills that like fat redneck with the sword, and he's got his like his lip tucked out like. He looks like uh, Bubba from Forrest Gump. Yeah. You better tuck that lip in, boy. And you know, he might get home and bum He's like, because his face is all swollen and shit <laughs> from the car accident and then almost getting raped by rednecks. Yeah. I love that scene there when he has the katana and he's coming down. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like this, the Kill Bill stance he has going on. I, I always thought that that scene's rocks. I love it when he takes him out. Um, but, but yeah. <sighs> I don't know, Quentin Tarantino, like, at this period, he was kind of known for telling stories out of order, because I'm pretty sure Reservoir Dogs is also out of chronological order, but I could be wrong. Um, But I know at this point, you know, given the interviews I've seen and stuff, everybody talks about how it's like he's trying to make a statement against having a movie in chronological order, but he's always just like, nah, I just do it because it's it's interesting, you know, it kind of mixes the movie up. Well, what kind of statement is that? I'm fucking dyslexic. I'm putting it out of order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the interviewers are kind of like, so you're trying to, so, but you don't believe in a you know, linear story. And he's like, you don't no. believe in the metric system, do you? No, I fuck the metric system. Um, but, no, nah, he might be trying to, 
I, I just feel like it's a really cool ending to have them walk out of the diner like that. And I guess it ties it back into the beginning, which because the first scene you see is, you know, uh, I forget the guy's name. I know the girl's Honey Bunny and the other dude. Um, uh, well, it's uh, his name. His last name is Roth. Is the actor yeah. Eli Roth? Is that the actor's name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, you just see them trying to like rob the the thing, uh, the diner. Um, so uh, maybe he's just trying to tie it back into that beginning. But you might also be right with finishing. Off well, I think it maybe it's because you know he starts it with that. You get to see. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character kind of grow throughout the movie, and maybe he wanted to end it on that because really, I think Samuel L. Jackson's the only character that like has. Right. Art. Uh, I mean, the, all the characters are good. Um, you know, they're all they're all memorable and they're all funny, and they all a lot of them really work well together. Uh, just as we said. But the more you, the more I think about it, Samuel L. Jackson is the main character of this movie. Yeah, and what I was gonna bring that up, I was gonna ask like, who do you think the main character is? Well, I mean, the way you were like. I, not to ruin your question, I apologize. No, you're good. I think that it has to be Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I, it's it's weird because because Bruce Willis's character Butch, he gets the I guess traditional kind of Hollywood ending where it's you know he he gets out, everything's good, he has the happy ending. Vincent dies in the middle of the movie, um, so you know he just gets gunned down by his own gun. Um, and then Jules just kind of gives it up, you know, and just wanders. I, I had a oh, funny I know, joke. Um, uh, what's his name? Fuck, what's the drug dealer's name? His name's Lance. Oh, not Lance, the other one. Uh, the Vic uh, Vic Rhymes character. The the main one that they're working for. Uh, Marcellus? Marcellus, yeah. Marcellus is the one that gets it. And... Yeah, he gets it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that dude. Like when we get to that part, I mean, I don't know. Well, we're just gonna randomly talk about the movie. I feel like, um, that guy with the not the redneck with the long hair and the beard, but the one that's like kind of receding hairline and doesn't look straight up like a redneck. The cop. Yeah, the cop. Yeah, Zed. Zed. And I remember him because he's in the mask. And the mask came out that year too, nineteen ninety four. So he's in the mask, and he's one of the bad guys against Jim Carrey's character. So I recognize him. I'm like, oh shit, that's that dude. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird seeing this movie, and remember watching the mask when I was a kid. So yeah, been this. He's a rapist, redneck. He's like, mm, mm, uh, yeah, motherfucker. Uh. And then like the other guys just kind of looking at him, like biting his lip, like yeah, get him, get him. I'm like, oh my god. That's how it's like when we record. Except Cody's Marcellus. <laughs> I'm the guy looking on. It's me. I'm the rapist. <laughs> it's just the guy fucking on. Which is funny to me because, you know, this dude's got... Is this movie supposed to take place in California? Yeah, it's L.A. And it's it's L.A. in 1992. It's, okay. Um, The guy, the redneck, that calls Zed. I can't remember his name. The first yeah, one you see. Um, you think he's a good guy. He's like, don't shoot. And he's... They say the bad word a lot in this movie. Yeah, and you know what we mean, too. <laughs> yeah, like, if you've watched this movie, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's like, oh boy, I, I was getting uncomfortable. Not, like, it's some kind of, like, social stance. It's just like, good God. I'm like, yeah. it's like, it's almost like, and I like can, a fucking, like, 15-year-old in high school wrote yeah, those it's, parts. It's kind of like, and I know Tarantino definitely says, so I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but... 
it is kind of like Tarantino. If you could maybe see if like it feels like he relishes in it a little bit, you know, <laughs> like he takes some kind of perverse pleasure because he literally has a self insert character that shows up, and one of the first lines of dialogue in it has you know he uses that word like multiple times. So, and it's and it's funny listening to. Um, I had just listened to today to Alex's podcast. They covered Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be a month old episode. Yeah. But he talks about it. And, you know, I think Jacob, who's Alex's brother, had more of a problem with like some of the shit the Tarantino, like his character say. But Alex yeah. was making the point, and it's a good point, that it's more representation of the time. Yeah. Like, this is how they talked then. So, I'm assuming... And that movie takes place in the, like, late 60s. Mm-hmm. And this is because it takes place yeah, around they, the Manson murders. Do they use... Um, I think they use other representation, like cowboys and Native Americans in movies. That kind of, like... Because that shit was coming out in, during that time for the John Wayne movies and yeah. stuff. But he doesn't use the... He doesn't use the N-word in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Does he? No, he doesn't. But he does in all of his other movies. Yeah. And I, this feels like... He's like, you know what? <laughs> He's like, what can I do? He's like looking back around. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else is in the room. It's just all his voices that he He's hears. sitting at his typewriter. It's like it's like um that scene in The Shining where it's like all work and no play, but it's literally just that word on the piece of paper over and over and over again. <laughs> Instead of all work and no play makes Jack O'Doughboy goes, I'm going to put myself in this movie and I'm going to say the word. <laughs> and it's over and over and over and over. And this is like, he gave himself the pat. I mean, on on one hand, it's... I feel like a lot of people said that shit in the '90s, especially in probably Hollywood, not Hollywood, but in Los Angeles. Yeah, definitely in the '90s, it was it was different. And I know a lot of people say, you know, oh, it was a different time back then and stuff like that. But you know, it kind of was. And and to be fair to Tarantino, it's it's like a lot of times he's putting himself into the or you know he's writing for a character. He's not saying it himself you know i mean these people kill people like marcellus shoots some lady on the street you know obviously he's not advocating for that so but you know um there there is that point um and you know on, on the other hand i don't think tarantino yeah he's like i'm gonna say the word he's like they can't stop me i'm crazy so you know like they can't stop me you know like that's my tarantino impression but um, and on the other hand, you know, I feel like obviously he doesn't have any kind of, or it doesn't seem like he has any kind of you know bias or anything. He makes uh, <coughs> he makes Samuel L. Jackson a fucking movie star. Yeah, literally, like Samuel L. Jackson is probably the most badass character in this whole movie. So, but I don't know that that's I didn't know if we would actually talk about that um point or if we would kind of sidestep it. No, I mean, you can't, once you get past, oh, probably the redneck scene, when they when they go into the gun shop, I think that's where you first hear the word, yeah. throughout the entire fucking movie, in a, like, other than Samuel L. Jackson saying it, yeah. you know, because he says it in just, like, passing, talking about another character well, that was thrown off the fourth, no, fourth story. The guy who sells um, Vincent the heroine says it. Yes, he does say it, but... It disappears for a while, but after the redneck in the gun shop says it, then it cuts to them taking the car to Tarantino's house, and Tarantino just goes fucking off on a soliloquy. 
<laughs> it's like, you know, he, he picked a word and it was the word and he wrote the dialogue around it, which, you know, it's over the top and it's supposed to be funny, but yeah. in today's time, it's like, <sighs> if you say it too much, like, it just seems like, how do I say it? It seems like you're just trying to, like, be startling. Yeah, you know, instead of doing like doing, I, like I once definitely. or twice and just getting somebody's attention, now, I'm not saying don't use the word at all. I wouldn't use that word. Period. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think he was using the word kind of in the same way, and and this like Limp Biscuit uses the word "fuck" in their songs, and how he uses "fuck" in this movie because he says like, you know, I, I don't even know. This is probably like the record breaking movie, or was for a while at least. Like the most usage usages of. Sorry, let me completely redo that sentence because that shit was fucked up. Uh, that was this movie, I believe, was the record-breaking movie for the most times the word "fuck" was used in a movie. I could see that, yeah. Fuck, man, that's fucking crazy. And we have the podcast record for the most times "fuck" is used in the podcast. So. I would say so because of other podcasts I listen to. I don't see an expletive, explicit. I think Cody warning. sets that. I, I think Cody says that. Uh, see, I don't know if he sets that or they like anchor set that from the word go. It's I don't know. Cody might do it. Cody, when you listen to this back, just shoot me a text. And we'll forget all about it by the time we record your movie in a week. Evil Dead twenty thirteen. Um, but yeah, it just seems like. That's probably like the biggest thing with Tarantino for me. Is he just uses the word fuck like it's like someone's drinking water. And after a while, it's just like this kind of stupid. Because I can't show this movie to a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean like even though you want to. <laughs> no. I don't know if I want to or not. Um and then obviously like other movies he's used, you know, the N word in. That's one the word we're talking about, and it's like okay, I get it. You say it like once or twice or whatever like that, but now it's just like, like he accidentally did the, what is the the command on the computer where you copy and paste something? Uh, that's uh, you could just say that. Unless copy. you mean like specifically the like the buttons, yeah. yeah like, control X, Control V. Yeah, that's all. Control he, C, Control V. Yeah, Control C, Control V is like he did that multiple times in his. So like he was writing the dialogue. It's a word on a typewriter. It's like that SpongeBob <laughs> episode where they're like, "It's a word enhance. It's a sentence enhancer." But yeah, I think that's one of the things you can say about Tarantino is he definitely uses that for his roots. Is like because you know he loves exploitation movies and shit like that. So you know he loves to say fuck. He loves early on in his career to use that word. He loves to turn everything up to eleven and make it shocking and you know shit like that. Because I mean. Think about it. In the '90s, this movie was like it, it's nothing now. But back in the '90s, this movie was a big deal for how violent it was, you know. And you hardly like. There's not even really that much blood in this movie, you know. The most goriest part I can think of is the car wreck scene. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The chick and they're kind of bleeding from the face and shit. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Or maybe when. Um, Bruce Willis's character slashes the guy with the katana, and you see like the little cut across his yeah, body. Yeah, that, well, that's but... when the, it gets ratcheted up. That's what I meant. Not like that was probably the bloodiest thing. Yeah. Like for other than like Uma Thurman's uh, character, 
when she's like bleeding out of her nose because she's ODing and like just spitting up. We gotta talk about that scene. Yeah, definitely. But other than that, like, there's not that much violence. And Alex made another point when talking about the movie, like, his violence in movies are like cartoonish. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, like he's not advocating for movies. They're movies, and I agree. Like, okay, it's a movie. I've, You're not gonna do some shit like that. But there's some fucking weirdos that would do some shit like that. Yeah, I feel like in this one, it's a little bit more grounded. There's definitely some scenes where it gets a little. I don't know because it's never Kill Bill. <laughs> it's never Kill Bill like cartoony in this movie. I think it's cartoony when Marcellus shoots the chick who's right next to Bruce Willis because he doesn't say anything. And he she looks goes. Up. Oh, she's like, oh god! She's it's like, like, ah, like, ah, like that. Um, you know that video where the lady falls off like the wine press, and she was like, oh, ah, uh. <laughs> no, I've seen that shit. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's an old meme video, but the <laughs> so the lady's like uh, doing the wine thing in the bucket, and somehow she just slips out of it, and like it's for like a news station, so it's like she's trying to give an interview to somebody. Um, and she falls out of it and you just, she doesn't, she's not on camera or anything. She's off camera, but you just hear her going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's kind of like the, um, so yeah, that part is pretty violent, but I feel like the violence in this one is a little bit more realistic, um, but it's mostly used for like kind of punchy stuff, but the dialogue is definitely over the top in this movie. Oh uh, yeah. So you can definitely tell I'm like, I don't think none of his movies are the same, which is a good thing. Because he has, of course, he's like, like he's a, a cinephile. He yeah, watches he's movies. a big like movie dork. Yeah, so he knows all this shit, and just, you know, he's like making referencing to something. So in the scene where Travolta and Thurman are dancing, yeah, people all their moves are like references to. Like some movie he watched him from '62. I read that on Wikipedia, but people watching it thought they were referencing John Travolta's character in Saturday Night Live. Or like Grease. I always thought it was Grease. Grease that too, yeah. And it's kind of funny because that movie Grease, he looks like Elvis, and in this movie they go to an Elvis bar. I know that's not the connection, but this movie loves the '50s a lot. Have you noticed that? Like, there's a lot of. I think he loves that time period. Yeah. Period. Because yeah. like you know, uh, the character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um is a TV star from the 50s, which is Leonardo DiCaprio. His stunt double is Brad Pitt in the movie. And it's by the time we're getting almost to the 70s, and it's right when the Charles Manson murders were happening. And um, so it's like, you know, this dude's from the 50s, so he has a lot of references that I kind of like time period. He loves it. Quick story about Tarantino. I have not met the man. I'm just saying I heard this story. Uh, the no, guy. he's right over here, dude. Come on in, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, you know, this movie's shocking, you know, like, this movie's crazy. Is my chin in the way? I can move my chin. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you seen you the nose? There's a video where he, like, um, gets stopped by paparazzi out of Starbucks, and he's like, <laughs> he's like threatening the guy. He's like, kick your ass up and down the street, man. I have seen that, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, the way he talks, especially in his older age. He scrunches up his face like he doesn't have teeth in. Yeah, like he's, he's like, like a, yeah, he's, he's like, like an old man. He's like, ah. Yeah, I always think about like my grandmother when she didn't have her teeth in, and you always see videos of people do that, and their face automatically looks shrunken in, mm-hmm. like where the lips when they rest. Yeah. And that's the way he talks. Like, 
didn't clean them up. Have you seen my teeth anywhere, guys? I'm missing like, them. So when we were doing Hateful Eight, right? You know, that was a little bit crazy, right? <laughs> uh, that movie was fucking nuts. Um, i actually never seen it, but I hear it's really good. And I played Red Dead Redemption 2, so... That that whole sequence has a a big part in it where you like in the snow and mm-hmm. shit, and you're all little cowboys and stuff. So they knocked off, they tore, they ripped off that shit. You know, I'm gonna have to pick a movie that Cody has to watch for my podcast because he was. I know what movie I'm gonna pick now. I've watched it a bunch, so I should be able to plot it out pretty well. Um, I'll get to that at the end. But Tar- the, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, I'll plot it. But Tarantino, um. The guy and I haven't we haven't covered this movie. We will eventually from Psycho Three. You you watched that one, right? Yeah. Wait, okay. No, no. I never you haven't watched seen Psycho you haven't seen Part Three yet. Okay. Well, eventually we'll, you've seen Part Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, funny. Tarantino has said that Part Two is his favorite versus favorite the original. Movie, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. This one's all there you about. go. You got a renowned uh, film director in, in your, my in corner. Your corner. I actually, I think. I really do like uh, Psycho 2. I mean, that's not what this movie is, but... I, I think we should turn it into, like, another Psycho 2 revisit. <laughs> yeah, revisit. But yeah, I love Psycho uh, 2. I think Psycho 2, like, if you watch the first one, then watch the second one, Psycho 2 fits perfectly as a sequel, and I think it's the best sequel of all time. For what it's doing. Not like it's the best sequel when movie. When Psycho 2 come out? 83. And the first cycle came out in 60. When the guy who wrote it said that, you know, he had the original manuscript of this original script. He wrote his out. He cross-checked it like a hundred times to make sure he had all the details right because he was such a huge fan. Like, him and the director were such huge fans of Hitchcock. Like, we can't fuck this up. Um, But I think, like, if you watch it, it's like the best sequel fitting the original movie, like, of all time. But Tarantino, the guy in Psycho 3, he plays Dwayne Duke. Friends just call me Duke. And I can't remember the guy's name, and I'll, it ain't important right now. But he played on the Grindhouse movie yeah. that Tarantino and Rodriguez were putting together. Wasn't that one? Doesn't that one? That's like Bulletproof and... and is it Deathproof? Death, no, Deathproof. Death and there's another one. They kind of tag-teamed it. Well, yeah, I forget what the other one is. Um, but they worked together on the feature, obviously. Well, he was on it, and he's just kind of sitting there. And Tarantino... Goes up on one side of the chair, and Rodriguez goes up on another one, and they start quoting lines from Psycho Three, <laughs> and the guys doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about because he hadn't thought, thought about that movie forever. Yeah, and it's like one of them goes, "I'm just just trying to make it as a rock and roll star," which is a line in the movie. And the other one says something else. He's like, "What?" And like, "You don't remember those are lines from Psycho 3. And he's like, "Like these guys know absolutely everything about movies. It's insane." Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, that's the Tarantino thing. Because he, I mean, he's legit like a movie nerd. I just feel like... It's in a really endearing way to like... You're at the beginning of his career. Yeah. But like like we were saying earlier, we we talked before the podcast, like... And I, I don't know if you... You must have watched some interviews and stuff with Tarantino. I have before. seen interviews with him. Yeah. So like, I watched some too. And you know, early on, like, you know, you could... You kind of get energized a little bit by his like passion for it. And he's really... I wouldn't say he's a little humble, you know, but I think as it goes on, he gets kind of full of himself as he gets older. But I think it kind of fits in the, like we've mentioned before on the podcast, how, excuse me, like they, everybody shits on the Marvel movies. Yeah. I think I remember him talking about that or something. Yeah, he did. He, he shit on them too. And he hates the whole digital aspect. If you could film it in like 
the 16 thing film or whatever the shit is, like the granular film, he would love to film movies like that all the time. Yeah. Now, I used to date a chick, obviously, that ran a movie theater, and she would always have to, like, splice in the movie pre-fills on the movie reel. Yeah. And then eventually they got to the point when she went over to another theater, they were all digital. Like, she, all she had to do was pop in a desk. Everything was done. Yeah. But I remember her telling me, like, later on, Tarantino had a movie, I think it was Hateful Eight came out. And it came in on fucking film, so she had to do that shit all over again. I had to like <laughs> dust off an old machine to play it because Tarantino didn't want to do digital film. Yeah. So, and that's just like some character, which I can respect. Like the aesthetic of it is nice. I think we should just do that. Ooh, well, <laughs> that's that I think, represents I think, how I am right now. Well, this I think this is a perfect uh, time for our ad break. Sponsors Blue Chew. Yeah. <laughs> It'll cause your mic stand to stand straight up and look like Cindy Lou Who. From the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Or look like my big blue penis. <laughs> looks like the... Fuck. What's the... Dr. Manhattan from the... Yeah. the um, oh my god. What is that movie? Uh, the Watchmen. The Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like... His dick's just swinging around. Yeah. I, you remember that scene? Yeah. You remember the robot chicken spoof of it? Yeah. He's like... I guess you're, he's like safe now. <laughs> safe now. And then the, case, like, the guy's like... <laughs> Appreciate it. All of a sudden, he grabs his head and puts it on his leg. He's like, now nah. he goes, oh, okay. And all of a sudden, he's just over a little safe. more safe now. He goes, oh, boy. But, uh, all right. I guess we can get back into the actual movie. Um, sponsored by Blue Chew. Sponsored by Blue Chew, of course. Uh, did you kind of just want to go chronologically? We could talk about some of the, just the beats. So, well, um, I mean, I think the whole movie, like, if you want to pull Wikipedia real quick. We can go out of order just like how the movie goes out of order. Yeah, I feel like we should just go in order how the movie does it. It's interesting. Yeah. So, I, I was going to say earlier, um, I don't think I got the full thought out of how the movie chronologically goes. How would he take the gun in there when he took the shit? I don't know. I mean... It's a small house. I get it. He didn't wash his hands. Yeah. He just flushed and came out. So, why wouldn't you just take the gun and He's a nasty in the bastard. No. And I like how it's like, I know we're going to get to it, but when uh, <laughs> fucking Bruce Willis is like, and he finds the Pop-Tarts in his own house, the fucking cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Yeah, the knockoff shitty Pop-Tarts it is. He's like, oh, right. And then he looks down. It's like the whole time this, this gun been sitting on his countertop, he hadn't noticed, <laughs> and it's a fucking automatic like shotgun rifle whatever yeah it's a like a submachine gun or whatever it's like specific i don't remember i saw some shit but it don't matter it's just well which is funny because it it ties into the beginning of the movie because they're like how many guys are going to be up there samuel jackson's talking to uh john travolta he goes uh three or four goes including our guy goes i don't know and then he said uh oh you're telling me there could be five or six people up there waiting for us we need to have shotguns for a think, job like this. I don't and think then, it's just people, though. Oh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers. I, no, no, I think he's just I, okay. <laughs> Oh, got you. But I think, like, he says, we should have shotguns for a job like this. And John Travolta, like, Vinny Vega, Vincent Vegas, is like, um, oh, Vincent Vega, my bad. There you go. I, uh, it's funny because there was a wrestling character named Vinny Vega, and he's kind of modeled after this. Yeah. But uh, he goes, 
We should have fucking shotguns for this job. And then at the end of that spot, he has a, like an automatic, like, yeah. rifle. Type, not, yeah. yeah, it's like a, like it's an assassin's gun. Yeah, like it's a fucking automatic. It's not like a six shooter like they have or something that's got a clip in it. And it's funny because he has that for that job, and then he fucking leaves it on the countertop. Yeah, I liked. uh, I don't know. I I guess we could talk about our favorite. (laughs) We can. uh, So I don't know who is your favorite character out of this ensemble. You would say okay, other than Samuel Jackson, because that's the easiest one. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson really does steal the show in this shit. He's just so likable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so, like, when you see him turn, like, the script around on those, on the, like, the din- the diner robbers, it's just so, yeah. it's so satisfying. Oh, my God. What character do I like other than that? It's Christopher Walken. I don't know That's why. It. Even fucking it's gotta be Christopher Walken. I don't, I mean, look. I like Vincent. I think he's, like, cool. Um, like even Vincent. though he gets greased. In the fucking middle of the movie, because he's in the movie Grease. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I, I like him. I think he has cool hair. Yeah. You know, I just I like any dude that has like long hair, but not super long, and it's just like a fucking. It looks very Italian. His hairstyle, because he is Italian. Yeah. Um. But I would have to say, just to Christopher Walken, because that scene stole that scene in Knighted. Like, as stupid as it is. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I told you, like, what scene is it that made me like this movie? You guessed Christopher Walken. Yeah. I sent my best friend Alex a text. Hey, man, what movie is it that Christopher Walken? And the first thing he says is the Gimp, question mark. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, the, Gimp is kind of, the Gimp's kind of weird, though. It is very weird. He's like, <laughs> yeah. does that Does that word come from this movie? I always thought it did. I think it's it's an older word. Okay, so it must have Because people have been dressing up like that for a long time. Yeah, I have, too. Oh, well, I mean, no judgment. Yeah. Um, sponsor Revolution. Uh, but Alex was like, he guessed like three times when I looked at the message, but the message I saw was the Christopher Walken scene because it's just talking about shoving a watch up his ass. Yeah. And that movie, it just has to be just that. Just that performance stole it from me. Because everybody else is a very, they're very stagnant characters. There's not a depth to them. Like, it's beautifully acted. Everybody's yeah. a great actor in this. Samuel Jackson's character, like you said, and I didn't even realize it until you talked about it, had a fucking character arc. Yeah. Like, he's a cold-blooded assassin to thinking he had divine intervention because the bullets Vincent, missed him. Vincent, like, has... They all have traits, and Vincent has... in in this, in this he's calling him a bum. Like, you're gonna walk to Earth like a fucking bum. Like, dude, you're shooting up heroin with fucking needles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, that's his, his trade is he's kind of like a Moorish, not Moorish, boorish asshole, sort of. Um, and, you know, he has, he's like one of the characters who kind of has the opportunity to have an arc, but, you know, him not recognizing, I guess, that it was a miracle. Um, and that that was his like one chance for you know where where the guy comes out with the six year and misses every single yeah. shot. I guess that's supposed to be like their wake up call. Uh, and you know Samuel Jackson's character takes it, but you know Vincent is like you know that's bullshit. And, and, then, then, and then he gets his yeah he, you know he ends up dying for it because he ran out of luck or some shit or divine intervention was only for that one time. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm not gonna lie to you that 
That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. fucking good. I don't even know if that's how uh, this is our interpretation. So fuck what Wikipedia says. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a, the accepted interpretation. But that's always you know kind of what I thought. I mean, that's that's fucking gold. That's gold, Jerry. That's gold. gold. That's gold, baby. But yeah, um, Let's go. so a big thing with this movie is um, it's a lot of a lot of the storylines and stuff are kind of old school crime film tropes. Um, so you know you have present day. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. They're like old school, like fifties noir films and, and crime films and shit. And they take them, put them in modern day. Like if this film, this film was built based in the Northeast. Uh, Vincent and what's Samuel Jackson's name again? Jules. Jules would be mafia characters. Yeah, they're definitely not the mafia. They're more like a drug cartel. Yeah, and it's very mafia stuff. They're hitmen that go do the job for. Yeah, um, there's Marcellus. there's them, and then there's the there's the washed up boxer kind of thing where you're supposed to take the fall. You know, that's a big. There's so many like you know noir Marlon films. Brando. Yeah, there's, I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. Yeah, there could. There's, Stella. There's some. Um, oh, Stella. She okay? She's still alive. Yeah. Okay. She's fat. She doesn't like her new cat that we have. Like, you have another cat? Yeah, we have a kitten. Well, I mean, she's not a kitten really much anymore. Her name's Priscilla. Who's so, naming these things? Me and Lauren. Okay. Yeah, we name them fucking stupid shit. <laughs> Priscilla, is that from, is that the Little Mermaid? No. No way, that's Ursula. I'm thinking the fucking, the big. I think st- I've retconned it to be Elvis's wife, but we only chose it because it was kind of like Stella. And you could hey. go, Priscilla! <laughs> hey, I should pick that movie eventually with Priscilla Presley, mm. Naked Gun. Yeah. Because she is absolutely wonderful in those movies, and now she's trying to steal Elvis's, uh, Riches away from her grandchildren. Cool. So that's that's awesome. Shout out to her. Um, But yeah, this movie it's basically it takes those things, but it uh, Quentin Tarantino asks the question, you know, like what? Don't bother. Sorry, Corey, you're good. Uh, like, hey guys, I can't fix the recording. Yeah, I'm sure the audio is kind of a little bit all over. He was trying to shoot him. You were trying to shoot him, boy. (laughs) I actually care. Shoot. Yeah. But so he he takes it, he does these kind of things, but he kind of asks the question like, okay, what if, you know, we have the hitman scene where they go and they shoot the guy, you know, that we have like in a lot of movies. But what if we just see what they do before that and how, what they talk about, like even in the movie, you know, they, they have to sit there and wait like an extra five minutes before, (laughs) you know, busting in to shoot the guy because they arrived a little too early. He's like, what time you got? And he's like, 722 goes, let's hang back a little bit. And I'm over here thinking to myself, I can't function at 722 in the morning. That's like, what I always thought watching this. I was like, dude, I'd be like tired as fuck. I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't even be talking. I would just be like staring out the window because I'm so fucking tired. And you know what's crazy? I was just thinking about this. Because it's the same um, day, same after they shoot Marvin accidentally. Yeah. And they go to the guy's house. If you look at Tarantino behind him on the clock. The clock says like eight twenty. Yeah. So all that had happened when they killed those three guys, took Marvin in the car, accidentally shot Marvin. All that happened in less than an hour. Yeah. And then his wife was coming back at like nine o'clock yeah. from the graveyard ship or nine twenty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of thinking like, because I, I wasn't putting the time together in my head. I'm like, oh okay, because oh. I feel like 
He takes okay, so I think it does take place over two days. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. So it's, the night of when the the boxing match is at the night is it's the same day, but it's at night. Um, well, see, no, because he takes her out on a date, so maybe it's the course of three days. I think the box because she ODs at night and he fixes it. It's like don't tell Vincent or whatever, or not Vincent, Marcellus. And then the next day, that night is the boxing match, and then Bruce Willis takes off. And the next day, so it takes place of three days. Yeah, you my fucking Wikipedia. I bet, it, I bet it is three days. Like, you're probably right because that would make more sense because it would be. So it would be yeah, but he talks like he has to do it that night. At the beginning of the movie, he's asking him because I think he has to do it like that night and take her out. Mm-hmm. Hold on, you got it. Keep going, but. I don't know, yeah, but but it doesn't. I guess it doesn't match up because then it, it wouldn't be that night. It would be the boxing match because you see Mia there and and Vincent's there, and you know it's like a, they are kind of like catching up. It's, it's not like the same day. So yeah, I think you're right. Wait, it's three days. Um, maybe it's two days? Let me see. Watch this. Okay, no, but there's people arguing, too. So, some people think it's three days, and some people think it's two. So, first, okay. Uh, We gotta figure this shit out. Some people think it's two days. Some people think it's three days. Some people think it's four days. It's gotta be three days. I'm saying it's three days. Because, think about it. Because, the beginning of the movie, he's gonna go shoot. Wait a minute. Because here's how, like, look, all right. So there's so that that night it can't be two days because here, Vincent two takes night sequences. Yeah, Vincent takes. So so here's my thought right here. Vincent takes Mia out on a date, right? Mm-hmm. On the on the first night after they do the shooting in the beginning of the because morning. They mention that at the beginning of that scene where they're going to the hotel yeah. to shoot the guys. Like you're taking Marcellus's wife out. He goes on a date. He goes, it's definitely not a date. Yeah. And then, and then the next night, because they also have a confrontation. Okay. Yeah, because right. he meets Butch, and he's like, "What are you looking at, Punchy?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're already undressed. So, so it's the same day um, when the when they and then and then that moment though, Marcellus is talking about the fight. Um, but it might be the oh, he's talking about you gotta throw the fight. Yeah, he's telling him to throw the fight. So they they. Kill the dude and the in the apartment. They shoot Marvin. They go to Tarantino's house. They get the clothes. They go to the diner. They go back to the bar to go to see Marcellus. Uh-huh. That's where the Bruce Willis part comes in. And he tells, you're going to throw the fight. And then um, that night, Tarantino takes Thurman to... Oh, Tarantino takes Thurman to the um, to the bar, not bar, the restaurant. Yeah, and then because it can't be that same fucking night. Yeah, because he meets he meets Mia again, and it's like you know, it's there's definitely some time has passed. You know, they kind of look at each other. Goes, hey, how are you doing? She goes, Yeah, I never thanked you for dinner. Exactly. So the night of the fight, they already had dinner. So that was the night before. It has to be. It's got to be three fucking. And days. then, 
Yeah, and then so after the fight, it's the morning then, and then he goes back to his house that morning, and then the whole Zed scene happens, and all and that. You shit. Don't, and technically, after they go to the bar, and Samuel Jackson's character goes, "I gotta go take a piss," so he takes a brew kit with him. That's his last part in the linear story, because you don't see him anymore, and then Vincent gets killed by Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. And he's not there, obviously. He's already said he's he's done with the shit. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, he goes on to become a Jedi. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he becomes a Jedi, a Jedi Master, and then he dies to Palpatine and Anakin. Unlimited I'm power, Anakin. He's shooting fucking no, lightning. Anakin. He's shooting lightning out of his fucking hands, Anakin. This motherfucker is so evil right now. <laughs> just trying to piece it together it I'm definitely to thinking it's three days there's no way it's two yeah there's no way cause I mean I would sit there and say well maybe he took her on the date the night yeah. of the fight but the night of the fight she's in the locker room yeah the so like dead. what yeah like, like that'd be like if they had the date and then it's like oh I guess duty calls and he goes back out like the same night and they go like I don't know there's no way you know yeah it's it's three fucking days the last part of this movie, the ending of the linear story, is Vincent gets shot by Butch, and then Butch grabs her. He goes. He ends up it's killing. Zed. He it's goes Zed. Zed. That's and the last part. Of the, the last part of the linear story is when Bruce Willis rides out on his bike. On the on the chopper. Yeah. It's not it's a, a motorcycle. Cho- it's a chopper, sweetheart. It's a chopper. Where do you get the chopper? Sacre bleu. <laughs> I was waiting for her to do the Pepe Le Pew. Voice. Oh, Shari. You set my son on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like when she says, Will you give me auto pleasure? <laughs> He's like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like when I can't say that on the podcast, what he calls her. Honey bun? No. No, what Bruce Willis calls. And when he's in the shower. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. That. Yeah, he calls her. Uh, he calls her a special needs person. Yeah, and he makes it like do do do. It's so stupid, but it's also I'm like, okay, this is something that happened in the nineties. Yeah, definitely. It yeah. still happens to now. What the hell are you talking? Everybody's been talking about it. Like, yeah. uh, they just like oh I'm a, I'm a, I can't remember her name. Um, um, shit, it's some French. Thing. Yeah, but he says her name like do do I'm do 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 do. It's so stupid. It's Fabian. Fabian. No. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so maybe we should tell the story in a linear way the best way. That's how we tell talk about the plot. We do it in a linear way. Okay. We so try to figure that shit out so without looking at Wikipedia. Vincent comes back from Amsterdam. Um, he mentions that a couple of times like he's some hot shot. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I was in Amsterdam, man. It's crazy. You, you know what they call a quarter pound of cheese in France? They call it a quarter pounder of cheese, and he's like, they don't know the metric system. They look at you, you're stupid as hell. <laughs> you have a fucking beer, dude. You can get weed. Um, yeah, I always loved that little dialogue. So it's kind of a ingrained in pop culture, yeah, the Royale with cheese. Royale cheese. Yeah, well, a lot of the dialogue in this is kind of, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of references that have been made to this kind of shit. Um, but yeah, so the, it starts with that, um, and then we have the assassination scene. After that, 
where actually they talk about the foot massage, which I always thought was funny. Uh, mm-hmm. So so Jules and Vincent's character have this kind of argument. There's there's some off-screen character I forget what his name is, Antonio? but yeah, some something like Antonio or some shit like that. Um, but anyways, um, as the story goes, is that Marcellus threw the guy out of a window because he gave his wife a foot massage. Which is funny because uh, I think Quentin Tarantino is a renowned foot fetish. So there's some there's some feet in this. Uh, what's her? Just, Uma like, Thurman's character shows her feet in the dance. And yeah, man, well she shows she shows her feet after she snorts the cocaine. Yeah. As she's getting ready to go out with Vinny or Vinny Vincent, and, and it shows her feet and they're dirty as hell. I'm like, oh my god. That's what Tarantino likes. He's being his meat to the. <laughs> you want to go home? You want to jerk off and go to bed? That's what that's he. What yeah, that's what he was saying when he was directing it. He was like, that was, he transposed that from his mind. Um, he probably always had the hot seat with Thurman for her say. feet, probably. Probably, so he's like, oh my god, incredible feet! He's like, oh god, he's, he's like, you know, it's really crazy. You know, like I, I just love her feet, in, uh, man. In, oh, in uh, from dusk till dawn. Because he plays uh, George Clooney's brother in the movie. And they hijack this family. And it's a, a girl, probably 15 or 16. A, uh, a boy in his teens as well. And then the dad. And the dad is actually Mr. Wolf yeah. in this movie. Yeah, he was, pretty, he was pretty funny in this movie. I liked him. Yeah, he's a good actor. So he's mis- he's he's, uh, he's, a, he's an ex-preacher in, in the movie. But anyway... So the hijack, and when you find out that Tarantino's character is a sex offender, nice. And you see it from his point of view. Like this girl doesn't know his name. He's like holding him up, and all of a sudden, it's just kind of like this tunnel vision. She goes, "Will you lick my pussy?" <laughs> and he's like, "What?" what? And then later on, uh, <laughs> he's like, "Did you mean what you said on the bus?" And she's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, she doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He goes, well, and then all of a sudden George Clooney comes in and interrupts the scene for the movie, and that's yeah. just how it goes. It's funny as hell, like, he's just like, and she's just like, will you look my pussy? I can't remember his name, what his <laughs> name is in that movie. He's like, will you look my pussy? And she calls him by his name, he's like, yeah. Yeah. It's just how he talks, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. He's, like, yeah, he's not a good actor anyway. Who? Tarantino. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it feels like when he has his little monologue there, it feels like like he's reading off of, like, a, you know, like the, the script. You can tell he's, like, just, you know, memorized it from the script. He doesn't... Like, there's he not a, the shit himself. Like, yeah. I memorized everything. You know what I was thinking? It's kind of fucked up. But uh, I'd like to see a movie of just him and George Lucas talking to each other yeah. about movies. Join me. I just don't understand what you did about the uh, little Ewoks. I never seen that shit. You know, it's like you fucking hate Ewoks, man. Like you're fucking crazy. And George is like, oh well, you ever seen an American graffiti? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I did things other than Star Wars. Okay. I was gonna think. I was gonna do Apocalypse Now. That's where I got that idea from the Ewoks. It's like yeah, the Ewoks are so cool. They're like the Vietnamese man. They're so cute and cuddly. I once spent a summer in Vietnam and I hugged the Vietnamese. And it was like hugging an Ewok. You know, my best friend is Ford Capella. Or Coppola. I said Capella. Capella. Yeah. <laughs> For, uh, Ford Opera. He's my best friend. 
Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's focus. Let's focus. Focus. I miss Cody's, like, if I can interject for a second. Shut please. up, Cody! <laughs> if I can, yeah. Cody's our George Lucas. Yeah, he's a... You're, like, Tarantino, and yeah. I'm, like, Homer Simpson. Because I love, I love feet, so... <laughs> well, you love feet, but also your, your knowledge of everything about the feet. It's not yeah. just the feet. You know all the feet. details. Yeah. And I'm more like Homer Simpson... That and like food. Yeah, I'm trying He's to like, think. Uh, who the, would be a better film? Oh guy. God, Michael Bay. No, it can't be Michael Bay because he's like borderline sex offender himself. Yeah, he's like Harvey Weinstein with hair. That's me. That's literally me. Oh God, that's you're, you're literally me. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture of Harvey Weinstein. See, he's literally me. He's like. I don't know. It's got to be playing up for the cameras. Right. I mean, I'm so jaded about everything. I just think everything, when you're in front of the camera, everybody kind of acts yeah. a certain way to try to gain sympathy because I watch so much professional wrestling. Mm. Harvey Weinstein goes to these court sessions. When he oh, yeah, he goes like in his walker. He has shit. a walker. I'm like, dude, you were like like two years ago, like pictured like. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> backflips, getting his dick sucked. God, he's forcefully. doing sucking his own dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's how uh, a lot of people do that. A lot of elderly people, when they go to courts, gain sympathy from the jury. But they suck their own dick. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that too. I would. Oh, okay. If I could. Can um, you imagine, like, Tarantino? Like, okay. Weinstein. Tarantino is his, like, Ford Coppola. It's his little son. Francis Ford Coppola. He's like, this is the guy that's making all these great movies. And Kevin Smith's like his George Lucas. So you're going to make all the nerdy shit, okay? I don't know what he sounds like. But like Tarantino and like Kevin Smith are like, I feel like, because all their movies are through Miramax, but it's like two different levels. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And like Dimension Films is another division of Miramax. Like Miramax Films is like the big mm-hmm. uh, like corporation, and then they have a subdivision, Dimension Films, where they release the screen movies, the uh, the later Halloween sequels. Yeah. And it was Weinstein that did all that. And I feel like the Clerk movies were released off of like the smaller branch. Because I know yeah, like I he, so he worked too. all of them. It's just interesting to me that Kevin Smith and Tarantino, all their movies came through Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, I mean, they're both like movie nerds. Yeah. But Kevin Smith is a comic book nerd where Tarantino is completely... A classic Hollywood movie nerd. Yeah, and it's like these are like... Two friends that have nothing in common that you just kind of intersect with. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, that's that's oh, just kind of got stuck on that. Um, okay, so they Jules and Vincent go up to the room. Yeah. I mean, okay, let me ask you something about the foot massage. Let's go back to that. Yeah. In that conversation where they were going, Jules, and then later on, um, what's her name in with Thermos character? Mia. Mia. So Mia and Jules think that if you killed somebody over a foot massage would be overreacting that's even more than a jealous husband should do. Yeah. Whereas Vinny Vegas Vinny Vegas, I keep doing that shit. It's a Kevin Nash gimmick. <laughs> Vincent goes Well, it's in the same ballpark as eating a girl's pussy. <laughs> so I mean I think that kind of shows ballpark. Um, <laughs> I think he's like it's not even in the same fucking league. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like, no, it's in the same ballpark. I think that kind of shows you the depth of their depth of per- their depths depths of personality, uh, and just how snappy a lot of the dialogue. Like the dialogue is legitimately. I think it's it's legitimately interesting, and and you know, it's kind of the one of the things that kind of hooks you in right away. Is it's just fun to see these characters talk about kind of this. Their, their side life yeah their side life that they have while they're you know trying to execute some guy they feel like characters in a real life situation like you sit there and talk some shit and then you go back to the real part yeah exactly. you know, it's almost like that yeah because there's no way like you know if you're a hitman you know you're not going to be completely sick or you know you're just some gangster or some shit you're gonna cut up a little bit you know let um, me ask you this so some dude gave your wife a foot massage how would you react? The way Jules react? Like, yeah, I can understand why he got thrown off four, four stories. Or would you be like, Samuel Jackson is like, a foot massage? Come on, man. I don't know. It depends on the foot massage, I think. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't kill the guy, but if it was like, you know, if he was stepping in or some shit, I'd probably beat his ass. Yeah. But, I kind of like agreed with Vincent in that. I'm like, okay, some dudes like giving your wife a foot massage. It is, it is a little weird. You know, like I'd, it, I'd definitely be taken aback, and depending on the guy, I'll be taking his back and throwing off the fucking roof. Yeah, I probably would kick his ass, depending, uh, kind of on some factors, I guess. Um, I don't know. You know, it's interesting a thought process, isn't it? Yeah, because there's just so many factors at play. You know, it's, I don't it's think like there's dude like I don't think there's one answer that fills all. It's case by case basis. Have you ever sit there and think? Um, let me think about this. How we'll put this. If you get into that life where you're working for a cartel, mafia, or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Like, no matter how loyal you are, if the head man is pissed off, pissed you. off or paranoid, there's nothing you can do that can flip that for him. He's going to have you killed, even though you're fucking loyal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's now, something. There's no way out of that life without getting killed. You think about it. It's cool because, like, um, and you know, this is something I'm thinking about when I'm watching this. Is like, I think this this movie is a big reason why we got things like Sopranos, and The Sopranos kind of, uh, you know, delves into that kind of aspect a little bit. That you know, you can. I feel like Sopranos is probably more influenced by The Godfather. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely that Italian mob kind of thing. But I think the the aspect of having these characters be a lot more human while they're doing this kind of shit is definitely, I think Sopranos took a page out of something like, you know, Pulp Fiction and stuff. I think they also took a page of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The whole dream sequence at the end. And Attack of the Clones. All the clones. <laughs> yeah. They saw Mace Windu. But yeah, I mean, you know, love the... story. I hate sand. I hate sand. It's coarse and rough. It gets in your skin. It's in your ass. <laughs> but yeah, Jules and Vern are... are, are Jules. Vern. Vincent. Shit, sorry. <laughs> Vern, fucking Ernest. Fucking Jim Varney. We're gonna call him Vern from now on. Yeah. So, Jules and Vern. So they have... So there's that plot line, and then uh, after that we get... Um, the plot line where he takes Mia out. You know, yeah, he takes, kill, they kill Marvin first. Yeah, they kill Marvin. Um, and this is a big scene with the Big Kahuna Burger. Um, that burger looks nasty as fuck. I mean, it doesn't look nasty, but it's like you know, just like a generic ass fast food burger. It looks like McDonald's. 
Yeah, I did like how they were like, so what kind of burger is it? It's McDonald's, Jack in the Box. I'm like, Jack in the Box, baby! <laughs> burger King, Jack in the Box is like the three they mentioned. Jack off in the box. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was Big Kahuna Burger. This is a tasty burger. Um, so, yeah, they have that, and he gives his, his little Bible quote thing. Uh, my, my wife's a vegetarian, so that pretty much makes me a vegetarian. I'm like, <laughs> my wife is a vegetarian, like, so we're going we're to eat separately. That's a really funny thing to think about, too, is just this hitman that Samuel L. Jackson is, his wife being a vegetarian. Um, so, yeah, that's a funny aspect. So, we have that, and then, uh, you know, after that scene where they shoot the guy well there's also the briefcase is a big thing and uh, one thing a lot of people like to i'm assuming it's gold bars yeah i I I guess it it doesn't matter i guess what it is because it's just a mcguffin uh you know it's just something for the characters need to get uh Mm. to do something with um i don't know but there's a lot of things saying it's three days but are you still looking at that like (laughs) yeah i was just reading the the thread i had pulled up were, was the thread arguing for the three days or for two days? Well, most people were agreeing. I think Mia says something about thanking Vincent for the night before anyway. She said, I never thanked you for the meal. Uh, and then it goes into the scene where it's the back of Marcellus's head. Wait a minute. Why does he have a Band-Aid? I don't know. He's always had the Band-Aid. So the Band-Aid didn't come from the car accident when he got run over? No, he always has the Band-Aid. <sighs> He nicked himself shaving. Fucking hell. That's where his neural implant is. <laughs> He's a fucking cyborg. Oh. We got two phones here. Yeah, one's my burner. Uh, <laughs> where I buy my drugs from. <laughs> fucking answer the phone, Lance. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I forgot the guy's name was Lance. <laughs> um, actually, that's next, isn't he? He buys the, the heroin. Such a yeah, it's the chick talking about giving the blowjobs with the with the piercings. With the piercings. Okay, so I forgot about that scene. When he shoots up, <sighs> he does shoot up. So it has to be three fucking days. So oh shit, you know what? That's like a nah, yeah, because yeah, he does that before. So that's that night. Okay, yeah, it's that, and then he takes me out on How much date. fucking time do they have in a day? I don't know. I'm thinking, like, that's a lot of shit. So uh, they, that's a lot of stuff. Like, I may do, like, they one kill of somebody. Things. They get Marvin, accidentally shoot him, blow his brains out. They go to Tarantino's house. Wolf comes back. They're done by 930. They eat lunch. They're in their underwear. They go back to the bar, give him the gold case. And then Travolta goes off, gets high, goes to pick up Mia for dinner that evening, and then she ODs. The next day... They, the next day, I guess nothing happens until the fight. Yeah, because if you remember, there's no more Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, because he's... He's cause, done. Yeah, he doesn't show up at, at Butch's place or anything like he's that. He's not at Butch's place. He's not at the fight. When they're going down the hallway, it's the guy who's behind, behind the, the bar. bar. Yeah. And Travolta's character. Mm. And then that night... um. The fight happens, and then Bruce Willis's character sleeps in the motel the next day. He goes back to his place. He kills Vincent. They gets in a fight with Marcellus. Marcellus gets raped by the rednecks. He gets the chopper and goes, it's three fucking days. We fucking know. We, yeah, there we go. Official. That's fucking official Filmoscopy fucking lore. 
It has to be. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. It can't be two nights. Like, fucking Screen Rant says it's two nights, but that's bullshit. It can't be two nights. Doesn't make any damn sense. Because they have to go back to Lance's house to get the adrenaline shot for her. So yeah. that's fucking night. And then that's kind of like early morning when they get back because Marcellus isn't yeah, back yet. Yeah, it's like yet. the wee hours. The wee hours of the morning, probably. Or some shit. Is what I'm saying. I'm thinking like the scene where because it's still nighttime when she's talking about the ketchup joke. Yes. Uh, so they night. get back and it drops her off. I'm assuming it's like early morning, late night. Yeah. And then that next night, he's like, "Hey, how are you doing?" She's like, "I'm, I'm, be- I'm, I'm good. I never thanked you for dinner." And then he gets fucking killed the next day. He does. It's three fucking days. We nailed that shit. Yeah, that's so sad. So sorry for him. I feel, I feel bad for Screen Rant. Yeah, feel bad for Screen Rant. That we blew them the fuck out and fucking corrected their shit. <laughs> so, it does like, like, yeah, it does not make any sense for two days. So, oh, bro. But I was thinking two days. So, so we go to okay, Jules Marcellus. They go to. I'm sorry, people. We're this is literally like us. This is like two, three, third graders trying to figure out a math problem. Like, okay, so you carry the three. No, 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 you don't. Let's go back. For, that's what we've been doing this whole time. Well, like, hey, did you see the last episode of Power Rangers? Like, we've been doing these side stories and shit. Um, okay. So, beginning of the movie, Jules and Vincent go to the house to kill the guy. There's interrogation. Not really interrogation. They're intimidating, and they're still going to kill him anyway. Turns out one of the guys was an inside man that was... Leaking information to yeah. Marcellus. I like how, like, nonchalant they, like, blow his head off, too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, Travolta accidentally, because he yeah, fucked up and squeezed yeah, the trigger. I know they fucks up, but I don't know. It's like they never... I mean, I know they're gangsters and shit, but I don't know. It's still funny to me. Um, When the scene, when they fire at the people, is after he gets done uh, reciting the Bible verse from Ezekiel. Yeah. You know, it shows Travolta shooting from the back, and he's shooting from the front. And in the corner, you see Martin, Marvin, no, it's not Martin, Marvin go down. And I thought Travolta was shooting him while Samuel Jackson was shooting him. Yeah, I think I, I thought that, too, the first time I saw it. I thought they were shooting Marvin. Because yeah. they kill flock of seagulls for no reason. He goes, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? <laughs> <laughs> they have this one. Um, what? This... What? Quit say what one more motherfucking time. <laughs> say what again? How dare you? There's this um like cartoon on YouTube where they took um that scene, mm-hmm. and you know in episode one where uh, Mace Windu's like um giving the test to Anakin with the fucking weird little mirror screen, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what? it's a yeah, he's like it's a speeder and stuff like that. They had it like. Uh, where Samuel L. Jackson goes, you a smart motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> he goes, oh, they, they're putting the, yeah, the they were putting like the audio over it, um, and it was like it was a cartoon, so they had him do other stuff. But um, you know, he was like, um, I don't know. It's just that scene in episode one. It's really funny. I think somebody put his dialogue from Pulp Fiction in a bunch of his movie scenes, like this. So they did a few Star Wars things. Yeah. So they did do that. He's over here like. To Scooter, and he's like, you a smart motherfucker, you know that? He's a smart motherfucker, that's right. <laughs> okay, so let's finish at the plot part. Um, so, he kills, they kill, um, I can't remember the dude's name. The, Marvin. Not Marvin. Oh, uh, Brett. The Brett, okay, so execution style, Brett. And then it jumps. Somebody comes up, 
who was hiding a third guy. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he shoots, misses all six shots in the six-shooter, and they shoot him down. Yeah, and they do the funny look around where they're like... Yeah, no, they're like, are you kidding me? And then they get Marvin. They're talking to Marvin, and then Travolta accidentally shoots Marvin. You see the blood splatter from the back of the window. Yeah, and the whole... <laughs> and there's bits of brain and... Fucking uh, it is. Samuel L. Jackson's Jerry Curl. It's, it's fucking hilarious. So they get to Tarantino's house, and you look at the clock. It's like eight twenty. Yeah. So all this has happened in less than an hour. And he's stressed out because his wife gets home, and they, he doesn't want a dead body and shit in his. He's not storing. A dead yeah, body. yeah, he's not storing a dead body. You could <laughs> say. Um, so they call Marcellus. Marcellus calls Mister Wolf, and the way Mister Wolf was writing the notes makes you think. He's going to kill them. He yeah. says, okay, Vincent, White, oh, Jules, okay. Black. I never says, got that. He's like, no, that. Um, no head, no body, or something like that. He writes down the note. And I thought he was going to get it all cleaned up and then kill them. Yeah. But then it turns out it's just he's literally just a cleaner. He comes up, yeah. tells them what I to do. I never picked up on that, but that, that is that is cool that the, they, they would do the kind of switch on it. Yeah, it's like Hitman. Hire, you hire Hitman to kill the Hitman you hired. You don't trust him. <laughs> yeah. Know? So they get it cleaned up, and they go back. They're wearing Tarantino's clothes. It's like, it looks like a bunch of fucking dorks. You're clothes, asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why they have the dumb beach bum clothes. Yes. Um, so they end up going to the diner, and they have the standoff with Eli Roth's character. I don't know if that's Eli fucking Roth. Hold on. Um, God damn it. This is bothering me, because I don't know for sure. Eli Roth. I don't think it's Eli Roth. Eli Roth is the... I've been calling him Eli Roth this whole time. Hold on. He's the horror director, Eli Roth. This guy is... Hold on. Tim Roth. I'm fucking stupid. He plays um, the fucking Abomination Monster in the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. He plays that military guy. And they brought him back for She-Hulk, the series. Um, So, Tim Roth's character... um, they're just they're petty criminals that hold up liquor stores oh, and they yeah, want to yeah. try something different and it's funny because you see like this they're a different class of criminal versus, versus Jules and Vincent yeah. you know? I always thought it was like it's kind of I always thought it was kind of self-evident that it's a bad idea to hold up a diner because it's like so big and there's so many like little side partitions there's the bathroom the but kitchen but he was talking them into it this yeah. is a better idea to do it to yeah. a liquor store so, they have the standoff at the diner, they leave, and they're like, hey, we should go for the cops come. So, they get a taxi back to Marcellus's bar mm-hmm. with the briefcase, and that's where they inter- get introduced to the Butch character, and he's doing the, you're going to take a dive, right? And he goes, yeah. So, he takes, he does that, and then him, Butch, and Travolta's character, Vincent, have a face-off, and all the while... And really, that if if it was a linear story, the first half of the fucking movie would be Samuel L. Jackson's character arc, for going from this cold blooded killer quoting Bible verses to being a changed man saying, "I want to walk the earth now because I think yeah. God has a better purpose for me." Become a Jedi. Become a Jedi. I'm a fucking bum. That's what that is. A You're Jedi. A bum. Okay. They have a word for that. It's a fucking bum. Yeah, no, it's a fucking Jedi. You didn't talk to George, have you? Um. So, if you think about it, that character arc is really the first half of that movie, even though it's spread out. Yeah. Um, so, they, I guess, have the movie, the, the moment where they hand off the thing. And then you don't see, if it was a linear story, you don't see Samuel Jackson anymore. Mm-hmm. 
the next night the fight's happening. You have the amazing flashback scene to Christopher Walken talking about shoving a watch up his ass for five years. Yeah. Uh, and his dad put it in a place where they couldn't find it. His ass. For five years. <laughs> he had this hunk of metal up his ass. He's, uh, and then Butch uh, kills the boxer who's supposed to win. Yes, uh, that night. And then there's another moment and when, because you see Vincent, but you don't see Jules anymore. Vincent is with uh, uh, the guy behind Paul. the bar. Yeah, Paul. His name's Paul because like, hey, my name's Paul. That's y'all. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with y'all or something like that. So Paul and Vincent are the ones who walk up. There's no more jewels. Uh, Vincent asks uh, Mia, how are you doing? And she goes, good. He goes, I never thanked you for dinner. So that happened the night before, and this is another night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Butch has his moment where he's in a cab and then gets taken to the hotel room. Now, we didn't miss the moment where Vincent was getting high. That yeah. happened after the shooting, after he got the clothes in the bar, and before he picked up Maya. Yeah. That's a lot in one fucking day. I'm going to be completely yeah, honest with you. I, would only, I take a shower and go to work, and that's it. Yeah. If it was me, I'd only do one of those things, and I'd be done. Yeah, I'm going to take a shower, and I'd I'm going to lay back down. I'd, I'd go eat with... Uh, Samuel, yeah, I'd go eat breakfast with Samuel Jackson. I'd be done for the day. <laughs> um, and then Butch has to go back to <laughs> he has to go back to his apartment because his girlfriend forgot his dad's yeah, ass. I always felt bad for her in that scene where he like freaks out. She didn't know. And, he like, yeah. and he's like, "Do you know what my dad had to go through to keep the watch?" <laughs> and I'm over like, "I know what he had to do with that watch." Like, You're so fucking stupid. It's so it's so fucking forget. It's so real though. Like uh, you have to give Bruce Willis props because I've never seen somebody like really portray like just being you know pissed off like that mm-hmm. so well. And it's a very okay. I wouldn't say it's a natural reaction, but when people get pissed off, they get pissed off that way. Yeah, they start slamming shit. I've gotten pissed off that way. Obviously, you've seen it yeah. at work, and then obviously our boss has gotten my old boss, your old boss, my current boss has gotten mad. And you've seen it, Holden. Um, and then he goes back to his place, and then Vincent's there trying to waiting to kill him, but he's taking another shit. I guess the food isn't agreeing with yeah, him. Yeah, he takes like multiple shits in this. I was kind of like looking at it because I I noticed it on my on my watch here is that he's always going into the bathroom and coming out into like a completely like fucked up situation you know he just has to shit all the time he does every time he leaves the bathroom she's ODing the restaurant's getting held up or he gets fucking killed he gets fucking killed that dude fucking gets his gun that he left on the fucking countertop yeah and then I mean just he's a fucking idiot yeah he truly is and then um as Butch is leaving that, he runs over Marcellus, and then Marcellus and him have this really um, video game-like chase. He's bleeding, Marcellus is bleeding, they go into a gunshot. He's shop. about to shoot, I like the pose, the weird pose he does when he's about to like shoot Marcellus in the head. He's like holding his hand, like like he doesn't want to get any on his like leg or some shit. I know, that shit is pretty funny. He's like, you don't understand, mister. Then you have these rednecks. Who have a gimp locked away? Who's a dude dressed up in all leather and it's a sex slave? Apparently, so. this has happened multiple times where they've abducted people. And yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, Maybe people just walk into that store to kill each other and then they fucking. I guess. Yeah, I guess it happens a lot. So you gonna get fucked up, boy? Don't get fucked, man. Um, and then Marcellus is getting raped. He breaks out of it, knocks out the gimp. 
he's going to leave and decides, I'm going to go save Marcellus. So, Marcellus, he does yeah, save Marcellus. he does that, like, um, you know, kind of that internal struggle, which is one of the things where uh, I've seen some people say that, like, this is kind of one of those noble acts that saves him or some shit, you know, but I don't know. I, I feel like there's still, like, a bit of selfishness in it for why he did it. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't. I feel like if he didn't think he would get anything out of it, he wouldn't Butch have wouldn't have done it. And he took a long time to find a weapon. He was like, well, he hammer. He had to find the right one. And then, hack, little small hack chainsaw. And yeah. then he saw the katana. Not katana from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was like a hammer, katana. a bat, then a chainsaw. Oh, it was a bat. I forgot about the bat. Yeah. He saves Marcellus. Marcellus shoots the raper in the dick. And yeah. he's going to call a bunch of friends to torture him. We they don't get medieval on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, Bruce Willis is like, are we okay? He goes, no, we're not okay, but you're safe. You just have to leave all your, you lost your Los Angeles cred. Yeah. So he's won, he's, he gets to keep all the money he won betting on the fight on himself. And all he has to do is leave LA when he was telling her we should leave the country because they're going to be looking for us. Yeah. So it works out good for him. They get on the chopper and they leave. That's the end of the whole fucking movie. There's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of blood. A lot of funny dialogue. There is funny dialogue, but it's also cool to, if you think about trying to put the movie together, I think in the last hour and a half, I mean, you have kind of... We pieced it. We pieced that motherfucker together. It's three we fucking days. We pieced it, and we confirmed that it's three well, days. It's three days minus the flashback for his dad yeah. and Christopher Walken. Um, yeah, that's, that's the end of... I was about to say Child's Play, but it's not Child's Play. It's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It's in a child's play. Every time I finish this movie, I always get kind of like, it's kind of melancholic because I feel like I want to see more of these characters, you know? But I agree with you. But but it ended. You know, one of them's dead and they're gone. Yep, that is true. That's true. Um, so. Well, I guess we can get into final thoughts and recommendations. Um, is there anything about the movie other than us agreeing, obviously, that the n-word probably shouldn't have been used at all it's definitely used like a 14 year old on a message board who thinks it's funny and wants to say the word a lot or someone or someone on uh talking over game chat over xbox or playstation um other than that is there anything about the movie you would actually change there's something you didn't like about the movie or is it something because it feels like when you talk about it, you love, not like you're like sucking the movie off, but you yeah. love everything about all these characters and you would like to see a day in the life of all these characters almost. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm really trying to think of a part, because every time I watch this movie, it's like, I I have the same thing where I'm like, fuck you, dude, this movie's like two hours and 30 minutes long. Like, fucking, this is like a fucking, you know, endurance round. I mean, it's not Once Upon a Time in America, which is like four hours, but... You know, it still feels like a lot, um, but once you get into it, and even just after kind of like, once you just see uh, Jules and um, Vincent kind of talk, Jules and Vern kind of talk it out a little bit, um, and you kind of see them get into their groove with their dialogue and, and have them have that argument and stuff, and just talk about, you know, just random shit, it, the, you know, you get really invested into it, um, it's, it's just a really interesting movie. Um, I, I, I don't, I can't think that there's really anything that I would really change about it, you know? Do you recommend this movie? 
Yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. I think a lot of people, um, you know, I don't even think it matters. I think this is a pretty universal movie. It's it's stylish, um, you know, and it's definitely different, but I, I don't think anybody would have really too much of an issue trying to get into this. So I wasn't laughing at you. I'm just kind of thinking, like, if I showed my dad this movie, what would his reaction be up until the Christopher Walken part? Because I feel like once he got into that army talk, and all of a sudden he goes, he hit this watch up his ass. Like, he would just bust out <laughs> laughing and be interested in the rest of the movie. You know, like I said, I was kind of bored at the beginning of the movie when I first watched it. Because, like I said, I mean, it's Tarantino. It's not something I want to watch. I, I have, like, an instant, like, I'm turned off by anything Tarantino. Yeah. Just because of, like, just how he is. Yeah. But... After the walk and saying something flipped and I got into it. I would definitely recommend this movie to anyone to watch and I would definitely rewatch it at some point. Probably not right now. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, it was a good one watch movie for me. But now that we're talking about it, I want to rewatch it at some point and actually see if we're right when we piece it together. Yeah. Um But yeah, there's not much about this movie. I would change, and I would like to see like a day in the life of each of these characters, because you know, um, and yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that we never get that because you know Tarantino so, is, so and yeah, and Tarantino is definitely one of those guys who's like, you know, he's not going to go back and do the same thing. Or, well, I do appreciate something about Tarantino is that he doesn't go back and change shit in his movies and retcon shit. Yeah, and he doesn't milk a dead horse really. I feel like. Yeah, because he could definitely, if it was somebody else, like I feel like it's kind of the monkey's paw, where it's like a Pulp Fiction sequel could never be as good as the original one. So it's like you know, yeah, just let it die. You know, I agree with that. And you know, he he had talked about it says this in the the Wikipedia article that Michael Madsen, right? Did I say his last name? Yeah, that he had offered the role of Vincent Vega to, um. Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen said no, he was doing another movie. Yeah. And he said it was a big regret because it cost him a bunch of money. But I don't know if the character was eventually renamed to Vincent Vega if it was like that. Because well, the way Tarantino talks about it is Vincent Vega is the brother of Madsen, Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And he wanted to make a movie called The Vega Brothers. And it was going to be them, but he never ended up doing it. Because uh, yeah. you know, a lot of his movies like... Alex had said in their podcast, I recommend it once upon a time in Hollywood from, uh, I'll take three. Three what? Exactly. Um, Alex said that they ended up, like, he said he was only going to do ten movies. And even though Kill Bill 1 and 2 were two separate movies. He considers them as one. One movie, yeah. So he's at nine movies right now. So he's got one more left he's going to end up doing. Um, But, you know. So, yeah, I think, like, I would like to know more. Like, I could just see, like, the rest of, like, their day would be entertaining. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we were able to piece together the uh, plot, because it's non-linear as we talked about it, made me feel like, okay, I really enjoyed this movie a lot more. I enjoyed it a lot more talking about it with you because there were some things that you had talked about it just clicked in my head like, hell, that's fucking on the point. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. It, it's just so fun. It's a lot of fun just watching this movie piece together because it, you know, the, the non-linear structure, I think, kind of leaves you with 
questions, but it doesn't leave you completely confused, you know? No, and the best part about it, if you're somebody that doesn't like certain parts, I can see some people not being a fan of the Butch part of this movie. Yeah, definitely. I think when I was younger, that was, I think when I was younger, yeah, I always thought that the Butch part was the weakest part when I was younger. Now I like it. Um, Yeah, but it's not as good as the Jules and Vincent parts. Yeah, 100%. Like, I liked uh, John Travolta's character a lot when I was younger, so I was always upset that he got fucking killed. But then, it's a gift because you get him two chapters later yeah because they you know they do the out of order show all right was there any other thoughts you want to add about the movie i can't really think of anything do you have anything written down you want to share uh, i think we covered pretty much everything last uh, uh, testament what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah yeah the bombers manifesto what the fuck when did i write this um no nah, i pretty much talked about anything i think i wrote something about people coming I wrote Pepsi Challenge on there. I forget what that was. <laughs> Pepsi Challenge. I forget. There's a scene that I think, um, I think it's like Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson's character says, I'll take the fucking Pepsi Challenge on that one. Or some <laughs> shit. I don't remember. Well, I remember when he's asking, what are you drinking, Coke, Pepsi? He goes, it's, it's Sprite. And the, the Honolulu no, word. That, I forget what it was. He was talking about like uh Maybe it was the drug dealer guy um, or something. Well, he's not around the drug dealer thing. Samuel know. Jackson's not. He's only around Marcellus. No, yeah, yeah. No, well, is. he doesn't actually interact with Marcellus other than over the phone. Yeah, no. Nah, so it's maybe the, it's Benny. Maybe Vincent. No, nah, I know the scene. It's when he's selling him the heroin. He's like, I don't know. Um, he's, he's talking about different heroines. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about like shitty heroin. And he's like, I'll take the fucking Pepsi challenge, and I can pick this one every time or some shit like that. I don't know. I thought that was a funny line. Okay. This, this movie's just filled with funny lines that are really quotable. So, I like it when they shoot the um, adrenaline shot into her heart, and they're like, "If you're okay, say something." And she's like, "Something." something? <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, yeah, that's the final thoughts. I don't have anything else to add. I think it's a really good movie. I definitely recommend it for any and everybody to watch. Even, even children, small babies, old well, women. Preferably in nurseries and nursing homes is where you should walk, play this movie on loop. Yeah. Like instead of playing like the Andy Griffith show on um, it's like okay guys, UPN thirty or CW thirty, whatever what, it is. That'll, this will be what they put on when we're old. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Pulp Fiction over yeah, and over. Yeah. Like, I want to see the guy get fucking killed. Like, all the Southern people are like, hey, this is my favorite part in the movie, and it's the Tarantino part. Yeah. They start saying the word all of them. They stand up and they clap. Like, woo! It's so stupid. Um, but anyway, our next movie is going to be Cody's Choice, and it is the... Evil Dead remake? I don't know if it's a remake slash yeah, continuation. Like the, one, the 2013. Uh, I never watched this. So. It's, it's so funny. You think about, of course, I mean, you're 13 years old at the time. Yeah, but like, if I'm thinking about something that came out in 2013, that wasn't that long ago in my head. That's in ten my fucking head, it's years not ago. because like 2013, the Xbox One came out and like the PS4. So it does feel like that is true. Like, yeah. So then they feel like they were like yesterday. So yesterday. Um, also, I recommend anybody if you haven't listened to it, they have released a 20 year old song from Lincoln Park called "Lost." It is beautiful. So check that out. That's a shout out because I know Cody likes that song too. Shout out to Chester Bennington. Shout out to the CB. CBD. Uh, <laughs> CBD. Um, oh my God. Uh, anyway, so we're doing um, 
2013's e- uh, Evil Dead. And my movie, I have just decided, is, since you talked about Red Dead Redemption, and we were talking about Hateful Eight, it's a movie that partially inspired Red Dead Redemption. The Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh damn, I love that movie. Hell yeah, that movie fucking rocks. I can it, already tell you. I can already tell you on the podcast. I love that movie. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I, 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 so you've seen it multiple times? Yeah. Well, no, I've only seen it once. Um, okay, good. So yeah, I, I can have help on the plot. So in case I miss something. Yeah, definitely. I love that movie. Our first dog was named uh, Josie. After the movie, are you yeah. sure it's not Josie and the Pussycats? You're like, nah, was <laughs> we a, had a bunch of cats. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a male dog. So I um, remember once, um, just a funny side thing. I could probably save it for the next one, but whatever, I'll probably forget. When I was a kid, um, we had like a class pet, like in kindergarten, and I wanted to name it Josie just after my dog again, and it was a male like pet. I forget what the fuck it was. Um, but the teacher was like, "That's a girl's name." I was like, "Bitch, <laughs> shut the fuck up." You ever seen Clint Eastwood's movie? Have you? Like, never seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love Josie Wales. Um, which is a great fucking movie. It's fucking awesome. I can't wait to talk about it. Anyway, people, after other than that, I think uh, the next movie after that will be another Owen movie, which we'll find out the day of recording in a month. Yeah. Well, by not less than three weeks, because next week we're recording The Evil Dead 2013, and then two weeks after that we'll be doing Josie Wales. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, anyone that is listening to us, please share the podcast if you find it so fit. Please like uh, the podcast page wherever you found it. Please subscribe. Leave a review if you're able to. I think it's only on um, Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review. Maybe Google if you listen to it there. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, Other than that, uh, thank you for listening to Filmoscopy. And as always, I think we'll have Cody put in the uh, audio. He's like, say what? One more motherfucking time. (laughs) Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.